You didn't know I could be that nice to you, did you? <laughs> you had to work at that, though, didn't you? <laughs> Amen. Hey, it's good to be here again. Uh, thank you so much, preacher. Thank you for allowing us to come, and uh, we've had a, a great time. Thank you for those that have uh, helped take care of us, uh, and Miss Legault and Miss Kenny have provided some great meals, and uh, uh, I'm, forgive me, I'm not sure your names, but the folks that uh, stocked that refrigerator did a great job, and still enjoying the benefits of that, and uh, uh, just a, a, a comfortable place to be able to stay. Uh, we, we have just, man, and then to provide the weather that y'all did. I don't know how you worked that out, but uh, I'm appreciative of that. It's uh, in the uh, high 90s down there in Houston. Even uh, back in uh, Illinois, it's uh, been in the 90s. So uh, to, to be able to be here has been a, a blessing. So I, I've enjoyed just so much the the folks that came out on Tuesday night that took time to do that. Thank you for coming. I hope that uh, Tuesday and Wednesday were a help to you. All the folks that came out for the uh, Bible handouts, man, what a, what a blessing. Uh, Friday was the largest crowd that we've ever had uh, come out for a, a Bible handout, and I think we counted. Uh, some folks came and left, and then others came, uh, took their place, and uh, I think we counted somewhere around 45 folks on Friday that had come. Uh, I'm not sure, was it 30? 30-something on uh, Saturday, I believe. So, man, we, we uh, just, it, it's been great. Uh, I, I don't know how to say thank you enough. We've just enjoyed ourselves. Uh, back in, uh, let's see, it was uh, April of 2014 when we started Ambassador Baptist Ministries. Now, my wife and I have been in the ministry over 35 years now, but uh, uh, after having worked for other men, for many years and then pastoring for 10 years, uh, we started uh, Ambassador Baptist Ministries. Our, our burden and heart was this, folks, that, and there are so many uh, small churches uh, um, amongst our ranks that uh, the pastors are, are discouraged and need somebody just to come in and be an encouragement and a help to them. And that's really... Uh, was our burden when we got started to just be an encouragement to them. Some of them, you know, if you, they, they just had somebody come in, give them a little push, they could continue on faithful, and we wanted to uh, be able to do that, and then help start new churches all over the nation. Our, I, I said it the other night, our nation's in trouble, and uh, folks, we, we need more Bible-believing, Bible-practicing, Bible-preaching churches, Amen. And uh, we, we still uh, have opportunity from time to time to uh, help start new churches around the nation. But uh, when COVID got started, uh, our home church uh, was, I mean, we knocked doors at least several times a week. And, of course, with COVID, that was hindered. Uh, and yet, uh, you still have the responsibility to get the gospel out. You want to. Uh, continue that on and so uh, we I just had the thought we'd seen something like it down in Mississippi but we'd had the thought of doing the Bible handout so I went and talked to my pastor about it and uh, just asked him you know what what he thought 
if I uh, got a couple of banners, put them up in the back of my truck, and uh, went down to Walmart and gave out free Bibles. And uh, he said, man, it sounds like a good idea. Let's, let's try it. So uh, there, there's uh, several background stories to that. First, uh, you can't give away what you don't have. And uh, we didn't have Bibles, and so we started uh, looking to uh, all the places, you know, that, that print uh, Bibles. There's a lot of different uh, folks that print Bibles, but the majority of those, in fact, uh, just about all of them, uh, send their Bibles to missionaries overseas. All of them would say, you know, we give Bibles to missionaries free. I'd say, great, I'm a, I'm a missionary. And they said, uh, where, where, where are you? What's your field? And I'd say, here in America. And they said, oh, well, uh, then no, we won't give you Bibles. And I said, well, you know, kind of went round and around with them. But irregardless, they have their, uh, uh, their rules and so on. But anyway, we kept looking. And, and I don't know why, but I, I have several friends that are in the ministry that uh, are in the Bible uh, printing ministry, and they send most of their Bibles to uh, either Thailand or the Philippines or uh, over to India. And so I contacted them and said, listen, uh, could you help me uh, get Bibles? They said, well, what we can do is uh, help you get them printed, and you can have them at our cost. And so that was really a, a huge help. We were able to, uh, the first uh, round of printing we got uh, for is around, uh, I'm not sure, but it's around a dollar, a little under a dollar, uh, a Bible. And uh, so, but we had to buy 20,000 of those uh, to get them at that price. And I don't know about you, but uh, $20,000 is a lot of money to me. And so we just began to pray, began to call uh, pastors and uh, tell them what we wanted to do and, and what we were going to be doing. And so we we'd had in a couple of days, uh, you know, commitments of, of probably, I don't know, around $3,000, $4,000 in a couple of days. And uh, so I'd called uh, a friend down in Mississippi, a pastor friend, and I told him what we we're going to be doing and, you know, asking for help. And he said, now, how much are they? I said, they're uh, around a dollar a piece. He said, put me down for two. And I said, boy, you big spender, you, amen. And so he was just kidding. But uh, he said, look, we're, we're going to do something. He said, I'm not sure what. But he said this, uh, uh, I was talking to him on Wednesday. And he said, tonight we have a, uh, our, our finance committee meeting. And so uh, I'll talk to the men. And uh, he said, we'll be doing something. We'll vote on it Sunday night, Monday. I'll, I'll send a check to you. So I said, praise the Lord. Well, Thursday, I'm in Lowe's and gathering, uh, for those of you that saw, uh, they came to the Bible handout. I have that PVC frame that I put together that I hang my banners on. I was in the uh, local Lowe's getting the uh, materials together for that. My phone rings, and it was that fellow from Mississippi, and he said, hey, we had that uh, meeting last night, and he said, uh, uh, I, uh, uh, you know, told the fellows what you were going to be doing, and uh, that you needed help, and and we've been there doing soul winning training at that church before, and so they know us and know the ministry, and and uh, one of the men said, well, how, how much does he need? He said, well, he said, they're uh, about a dollar a piece. He said, no, no, how much do they need? He said, well, they still need around $13,500.
He said, well, why don't we send them a check for $13,500? He said, before he could say anything else, he had four or five other men say, yeah, let's just send him a check. And I have to be honest with you, I still haven't got over that. It's, a, it's an awful thing to uh, see a fat man standing in Lowe's crying, amen? <laughs> and uh, that's exactly what was going on that day. But God provided the money for that. And uh, man, it's been a blessing. The first Bible handout we did was in July of 2020. And again, it was because of COVID uh, that, that, you know, that we had had the thought about the Bible handout. And so, uh, you know, two things with the Bible handout. First, we did not have to worry about COVID and all the masking and all that stuff. It, again, it was July of 2020 uh, when we did our first one, and so we, we were kind of in the height of all of that stuff. And, uh, uh, you know, we thought we don't have to worry about uh, all the COVID because they're coming to us. Secondly, uh, they've already expressed a spiritual interest by coming to us. So it, it just totally changes everything uh, about what we normally do. We're normally, you know, whether it's knocking doors or street preaching or whatever you're doing, you're filtering through a lot of people that have no interest to try to get to a few that have interest. With what we're doing, uh, they are already interested and they're coming to us. And, and so, uh, we're, man, it, it, is, it has been amazing the success that we're able to see just simply because they're already hungry. They're already looking for something. We've had some folks uh, and quite a few that have come that said, hey, we're just, uh, you know, we're saved, uh, but we're looking for a church, and this seems like a church that's uh, doing something. So, uh, you know, what church are y'all with? And so um, we always work with local churches, and uh, so uh, we're able to help, uh, you know, through that aspect of getting folks connected with a good church. And then, of course, the thing of salvation. A lot of folks stop, even though I guess one of the ones that kind of stick out in my mind, we were out down in St. Charles, Missouri. There was a lady that had, uh, by her own testimony, she had driven by, she saw the signs and uh, said, you know, I, 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 something just told her she ought to stop, but she kept going, went on to the store, uh, did whatever business she was doing, and then as she was leaving the store, she was going to go home another way. But she said that something just said, no, you need to go back down there and get a Bible. And so she came uh, in uh, as a lady. By the way, you, you just, you never know. This lady was a, a black lady in her 30s driving a, a BMW, very nice uh, car. Uh, you know, you, she pulls in there, wants a Bible. So I began to talk to her. Uh, and ask her about salvation. You know, if she died today, did she know for sure she was going to heaven? And immediately, she's under conviction. She said, no. Man, I, I started going through the scriptures with her. She's just sitting there in her car crying. And I, I noticed that the pastor that we're working with is standing uh, to my left over here, kind of behind me. And uh, the lady's crying. I'm crying. The pastor over here is crying, and uh, 
Before long, that lady had bowed her head and trusted Christ as Savior. And so we made a video that day of that lady. Uh, you know, and, and can I say this? Uh, my pastor has uh, told folks this since. It wasn't something that told her to come back. It was somebody. Amen. It was the Holy Spirit of God that, that got her to come back and get a Bible. And we've been able to see so many folks come. And, well, people just like there, there's a, a lady Friday that she was on the other side of the street and just hollered at her, you know, would you like a Bible? She saw a lot of people over there. I don't know that she really even understood what we were saying, but she saw a lot of people over there. So she uh, went on down the street, made her way over and came up. I was sitting on the tailgate. I don't know how she got by everybody, but she made it over there to the tailgate of the truck. And i be honest, I never even got up. I'm just sitting there and uh, began to talk to her and got to lead her to Christ. Uh, a young lady named Sheena. What was her last name? Finney. All right, Sheena Finney lives in Oswego. And uh, so uh, Brother... Uh, Caleb has their uh, has their information, and ever really, the, we encourage folks. Man, as people come, uh, man, if they're interested in church, be sure and get their information so that uh, we have the opportunity to follow up on them. Especially if they get saved or so on, uh, get get as much information as we can. But but it is just amazing that folks come wanting a Bible. To me, I, I've and forgive my language, but. Uh, I tell folks, it's stupid easy. It, and I, kids, forgive me. I know we're not supposed to say that word, amen. Uh, but, uh, but, but it is. It is so easy. It is, listen, I promise if you did not have opportunity to come out, please uh, uh, make it a point to come out. Because uh, several things. First, just the fellowship uh, is a blessing to be able to, uh, take a, uh, an hour or two and just to be able to stand around, talk with everybody, just have some good Christian fellowship. And even if you don't get to hand out a Bible or talk to somebody, you're watching others that are. And, and that's an encouragement. And, and then to see folks, I, I mean, uh, as that couple the other day uh, brought the pizza and, and uh I'd been talking to some, I think it's Zach I'd been talking to and was able to lead Zach to the Lord. And, and uh, uh, then I turn around and look, and there's uh, Brother Kenny over there at the back of the truck, and there's pizza sitting there on the tailgate. And I'm thinking, man, who, who went and got the pizza, you know? And next thing I'm hearing the story that this couple brought pizza and, and just wanted to, be a blessing. They said the Holy Spirit told them to bring pizza. I, I like the Holy Spirit like that. Amen. But so he begins to uh, talk to her. Uh, and, and uh, you know, of course, it, it's already been said that uh, she said that she was hoping to be able to go to heaven. And thank the Lord for a young man like Brother Kenny that knows the word of God well enough. Take her over there to 1 John 5, 13. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God that ye may know that ye have eternal life. Man, isn't it good that we have a book that says you can know you have eternal life? And thank God that again, Brother Kenny knew the scripture well enough just to be able to take and, and show that young lady and her husband 
how to be saved, and uh, both of them bow their head. Man, just to be able to watch that was exciting. And uh, it, it's fun. I mean, just, it's a good time. So, man, again, thank all of those that came out. And if you hadn't had opportunity, I encourage you, please, uh, make your way to a Bible handout. I promise you'll have a good time. And if you're fast enough, then you get to talk to somebody, amen, because uh, you, you, be, you have to be aggressive, amen. I mean, when they pull up, you've got to get over there. Now, don't act like you're attacking them, amen. And you might make them nervous, but get over there quickly and uh, uh, give them a Bible and talk to them, and I promise you'll have a great time and a great blessing, amen. All right, take your Bible if you would. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, 1 Corinthians chapter 16. Now, I, I told myself, you know, Wednesday night I was trying to get so much material in, and I, I, I really felt bad. I, I felt like I'd gone over time, and so uh, I promised tonight I, I'm not going to do that, uh, but uh, uh, you pray that God will help me to get through things quickly. Y'all say amen right there now. There you go. Amen. Thank you, Brother James. I, I knew he'd be that type. That's, uh, all right. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, if you would, look down to verse 13. 1 Corinthians chapter 16 and verse 13. If you have that, say amen. Wave at me. Do something. Let me know you got it. You got it? All right. If you have a Bible, this is what it'll say. Watch ye stand fast in the faith. Now look at this phrase. Quit you. Like men, be strong. I want to just preach for a little bit. Father's Day evening, I'd like to preach on this. Where are the manly men? Where are the manly men? All right, let's pray, and then we'll look at the message. Father, as we come and bow before you, Lord, it is such a blessing to be able to, again, to be able to share the burden of the uh, Bible handout ministry, God, how you have used it. I'm so thankful. I, I just, I'm in awe, dear God, that uh, of what you've done through the Bible handout, and just thank you. But Lord, now it's preaching time, and God, I've got to have your help. Please, Holy Spirit, come direct the thoughts of my mind. Fill me uh, this evening that I might be a help and an encouragement. God, fill your people this evening that uh, they might have hearing ears and an understanding heart. And Lord, we just need you this evening. I ask you to help me to be uh, wise, to be uh, uh, helpful, and, and again, God, to uh, challenge tonight. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. I, I want to preach to the men tonight. It's uh, Father's Day, and I want to preach to the fellas. But ladies, I, let me say this. I believe the things that I... I, I preach tonight would be helpful to you also, but let's be honest, we're in a time where we need strong men, where we need men of courage, godly men that's trusting God. We need men of faith and men of Holy Spirit power. We need men of leadership, uh, quality men. And I'll say it this way, we need manly Men, We're in an age where uh, no doubt there is the feminization uh, uh, of men going on in our nation, to, to, even to the point that 
uh, I think if, if I'm not mistaken, Gillette, the uh, razor blade company came out and, uh, uh, and, and said masculinity was toxic and that it was dangerous. And, and really, especially you young men, listen to me. This society is doing everything they can to make sissies out of you. Just being honest. Bow tie wearing. No, no, I didn't. Too late, Brother James. I saw it when you walked in, brother. I, no, I, I couldn't help it, Brother Legault. I just, it was there. I mean, amen. Yeah. All right. That wasn't fair. I, uh, amen. Let's scratch that one out. Amen. So, but we, we, we are, we're, we're in a, Time and, and obviously, as, as Christian men, th- this is the thing. The, the Bible needs to define what a man is. Amen? Not, not, we, we, we're not going to allow uh, this world to define what a Christian man ought to be. Uh, I, I would say that, that you know, the, the, uh, that, that word quit, it is this, if you would, it's to exist or be or to become, uh, to abide uh, a- as a man, to, uh, to act manly, to uh, be brave. I-, I think of words like this when I think of, uh, of a Christian man. It's things like integrity, uh, things like uh, uh, purity. Uh, men of character. Fellows, let me just say this. It, it ought to be, fellas, that, that man on the job, that you're a man of character. That if it comes down to they have to lay you off or somebody else, that they look at you and say, you know what, I'd rather have this guy that's a man of character rather than the other fellow. Fellas, I, I'm convinced that, listen, too many times we, we take advantage, I think, and, and we're not the best employees. And, and that should not be when it comes to Christian men. I, I think of men of morality and the, the, obviously the biblical values uh, that, that this book teaches, that those things ought to be part of our lives and ought to be the things that we are teaching uh, our young men as they grow up, uh, to be hard workers, to be uh, men of honesty, uh, to be men of purity. Amen? Uh, you know, many times we hear the preaching of a, uh, 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 of girls walking down the aisle uh, uh, on their wedding day and being in a white dress and that mean meaning something, amen? But can I say, fellas, I want to see you in a white tux and it means something too. Amen. Say amen right there. 
don't know. It just seems like we've we we we're, we've kind of let that thing of purity and morality go. Uh, let me let me give an example, if I could, biblical example, of why I think godly men act or react. Look in chapter one of Second Corinthians there. Verse 23 and verse 24, Paul makes a statement. He said, moreover, I call God for a record upon my soul that to spare you I came not as yet unto Corinth. That word spare is this, to treat leniently, uh, uh, to refrain uh, from distressing. So he said, I came not uh, to spare you that not to spare you I came let me let me back up moreover I call God for a record upon my soul that to spare you I came not as yet unto Corinth uh, not for that we have dominion over your faith but are helpers of your joy for by faith you stand what what what's going on here man Paul has written a really scathing letter to the church in Corinth I mean, there's some awful things going on there, morality-wise. There's much error of doctrine there. And, and Paul comes in, and, and instead of just kind of patting them on the head, and he, he just tears right into it. I, I don't know. I just I have a hard time imagining Paul as a... Uh, as a soft-spoken fella, amen? Just don't think that was Paul. But he comes in and, I mean, he, he said, I'm not trying to be lenient. I'm, I, I'm not worried about distressing you. He said, I, I came to do this. I, I came to help you. And he said, not that I have dominion over your faith, but he, he said, look, in order to help you, I, I'm going to have to kind of tear into you. But he says this, why? So I can be a helper of your joy. Hey, understand tonight, Christian man, you cannot have the joy of God and not be right with God. Can't do it. So Paul comes, and it's amazing what happens. They didn't take off like today's crowd. Say, man, I, I, he can't do that. Well, I'll leave and I'll find me another church. I just, I can't believe that that pastor would say those kind of things. That's not what they did at all. In fact, they, they did just the opposite. They repented and got right. Amen. And, and that's what, uh, that, that's how a man of God reacts. Man, listen, when, when pastor gets up here and he just kind of rips the paint off the walls preaching, amen. And he steps on your toes. And by the way, every once in a while, he's going to get us. Why? Because we got sin in our lives. By the way, we need him to get us. And if he's not, shame on him. Say amen right there real loud. Because you, you, listen, we want him to do that. We need that help. So understand that, <clears throat> man, as, as the man of God gets up and preaches 
He is doing it in, in the love of God, the love of us. He is trying to help us so that we can have the joy of the Lord in our life. And thank, thank God that he'll take the boldness just to preach. And when he steps on our toes and when it's our turn that God nails us, man, we ought to just thank God. Say, Lord, thank you for a pastor that, that, that is not worrying about distressing me. And let's be honest, there, there's not a pastor, preacher, I, I know this is the truth after pastoring 10 years. Man, I know when, when God directed me to preach certain things and I knew there were people that that was going to hit. And I, I, you know, you, you wrestle over it. You, hey, listen, you understand, your pastor is not preaching trying to hurt you. He's preaching to help you. He, he's in love with you. Man, he, is, he has prayed. He, he has sought God and, and, and trying to, God, please, God, do something. And I'll be honest, man, when, when you get up as a pastor and you have to preach hard, and by the way, I, I'm for hard preaching. I'm not for harsh preaching. I, I'm not, I'm not it, it, never for hurting somebody. But let's be honest, sometimes the preaching hurts. And we need that. And, and fellas, as the men of the church, as the leadership of the church, then we, we need to just take it. And, and when it's our turn that the Holy Spirit of God knocks on our door and said, that's you, then man, it's time just to hit the altar and then get up and thank the pastor for preaching to help us. Say amen right there. So I, I want to just give us a few things. Just, man, thank... Let me say this. Thank God for the women. But where are the manly men? Amen. First uh, Corinthians 13, uh, 16, 13. Quit you like men. And then it says this. Be strong. You remember in, in uh, Ephesians 6, 10, I believe it. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And those are, uh, to me, those are masculine uh, words. Those are, are uh, uh, you know, manly terms. Now, ladies, can I say this? It, it's, it's great for you to be effeminate. Yeah, men like effeminate women. Amen. And, and fellas, women like manly Men. They like manly men. So, let me just give us a few things tonight. Where are the manly men? Amen? Number one, we need men that are first strong in salvation. Men that are strong in salvation. Turn over to Philippians chapter 2 quickly. Philippians chapter 2. Verse 12, very familiar verse. He says, Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, 
work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Let me ask you this evening first. Do you know for sure you're saved? You know, I, 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 it, there is no doubt as we talk to people at the Bible handouts, even as pastor, I, I've been in the ministry now over 35 years, and I say I've heard a lot of different answers through the years to that question about salvation. A lot of people have differing ideas. They're, they're not sure uh, of what the Bible teaches. And, and can I say this? Folks, the, the Bible is clear in Acts 20, 21. It says repentance towards God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. I believe it takes both of those things to be saved. It, it takes us saying to God, God, I'm wrong and I'm guilty. God, I deserve hell. But would you forgive me? Placing our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ solely what he did on the cross. As I talked to Zach on uh, Friday, he was convinced. In fact, he said it. You know, we, well, I, I'll have to kind of work to, uh, to get there. I, I, I said, no, Zach, it's, it's not works. And took him over to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9, and showed him it's not by works. Last week, go around heaven patting ourselves on the back, saying, boy, didn't I do a good job. And listen, let's be honest, we're prone to pride. But let me ask you, is there a time in your life, fellas, when you can look back and say, listen, I, I realized I was guilty before God. And that, that you know for sure you're saved. And I, I'm not asking that trying to get somebody to doubt their salvation. I am asking it because I've seen it for many, many years, folks that are playing games in church. Folks that are sitting in the pew, I was telling the pastor uh, the other day some of my testimony, and uh, I grew up in church. I was a nursery baby. But as a 12-year-old young man sitting in a pew, in a church pew, I started doing drugs. At 16, I rebelled against everything I'd ever been taught. And I told my parents, that's it, I'm not going back. Now, I tell folks, Probably my dad should have taken a baseball bat to me, but he did something even worse. He prayed for me and he loved me. Amen. Now what I did was not right, and I, I'll be honest with you, I don't, it, it was a shame what my parents went through because of my actions. The way the people of God treated my parents because of my actions. Can I say this? Listen, thank God that my parents taught me the way of salvation so that when the Holy Spirit of God showed up at my apartment on September the 14th, 1981, I knew exactly what was going on. I knew exactly what salvation was, and I knew exactly what I needed to do. I had played games for years sitting in that pew. Maybe there's somebody tonight that you've just been talking the talk. And can I say you can get that thing settled tonight? And can I say this, the crowd that would be happy for you to get? Because a lot of times this is what folks say, well, what, what would they say? They thought I was saved. I can tell you what they'd say. Praise God. <laughs> We're glad you got saved, amen?
hey, wouldn't anybody here be mad at you? They, 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 no reason for you to be embarrassed. It'd be a great night for you to come and get that thing settled. Amen. But we need some men that are strong in their salvation, that know how they got saved, why they got saved, that they understand uh, it's through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ in Him alone, and, and it's through the faith in our Savior. Amen. Man, if you don't have that settled tonight, can I encourage you, fellas, get that settled. Get it settled tonight. Secondly, I'd say this. What, we need men that are strong in the Scripture. Men that are strong in the Scripture. Turn, if you would, to 2 Timothy 3, where Paul is writing to Timothy here, and he makes a statement to a young man and he says, verse 14, 2 Timothy 3, 14, But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them, and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. Can I say, maybe you didn't grow up down here. Maybe you didn't know the scriptures from, being, from the time you was a child. But can I say it's time you learned the scriptures? Let me just ask you this way. Listen, do you know what you believe? And if not, why not? Man, I, I've gotten to hear your pastor preach a couple of times. And I say, man, if you're not learning something under him, it's not his fault. Man, Brother Kenny did a great job in Sunday school this morning. Enjoyed that. And I say, man, if that did not help you to grow some and, and to gain uh, knowledge of the Word of God, then, then there's a problem. How much time do you spend in the Scripture yourself? You know, it says this, give attendance to reading. How much Bible do you read? Do, do you have a daily plan? And I, I, I have to be honest with you, I, I'd rather you read to understand than read just to read. But, but I think every Christian ought to be working to read through their Bible yearly. And, and by the way, the truth is that, man, it, it's that day by day walking with God that helps us to be renewed. Now, I'd ask you, fellas, how much are you in the Word of God? Well, can I be honest with you now? I, I love to fish. I do. I, I, I'm ashamed that preacher didn't have me over at his pond bass fishing over the last few days. I, but, but, you know, would, would you rather go fishing than go out on Bible handout? Do you, do you take time where you should be reading and studying your Bible to go out and do the things that your flesh would rather do like the hunting and the fishing. There's time for all of that. But can I say there better be time for this book too. Time to, to he, he said study to show thyself approved unto God a workman that needeth not to uh, uh, needeth not to be ashamed rightly dividing the word of truth. Fellas 
Are you teaching your family the Bible? By the way, fellas, you're to be the spiritual leader in your home. Ladies, listen to me for a minute if you would. Listen, listen. Let him be the leader in the home. See, he can't be the leader if you don't let him be. If you're constantly kicking against the pricks, cut it out. Stop that. By the way, it doesn't say if your husband's not the leader for you to take over. We all right? It's not your job. By the way, he'll never become the leader if you take over. He won't do it. Ma'am, you, you, you have to just stay in your place and let God do the work. And you quit trying to do the work. Amen. Uh, fellas, we need men to be spiritual leaders in the home. I, I, I guess I'd ask it this way in closing out. The point is this. Man, would you be here in church or would you be reading your Bible if your wife didn't make you do it? That'd be an awful thought. That your wife's the one that's pushing you. Don't, don't allow them to do that. Fellas, you be the leader down to house. Know this book. Help your family. Teach those young people. Uh, by the way, it's not the youth pastor's job to raise your kids. The youth pastor's job is to help you as a parent. Not to do your job. Amen. Let me go on. Men that are strong in prayer. Well, a preacher mentioned that this morning. Prayer is just simply, folks, our way of talking to God. He, he, he Man, so many verses that we could go to uh, there in Ephesians 5, 17, to pray without ceasing. To me, that, that simply means, man, there ought to be a consistent time in your life where you spend time with God in prayer. Praying with your family. The preacher said it this morning. They ought to hear you pray. They ought to hear you call their name in prayer. You, you, you ought to be praying with them. Teaching them how to pray. See, that's what a man does. He, he's not the, the... I don't know. You know, we've let the world kind of define... The, the man of God, uh, now preacher, forgive me, you said you're a kook, amen. Now, ho <laughs> but, but honest, Hollywood has made kooks out of the men of God. I, I have to be honest, I'm offended by that. So that's not, I, I know he calls himself a kook, I get that. Amen. But he's not a kook. Y'all say amen right there now. He may be a little kooky, but he's not a kook. Huh? That's the, that's the man of God. And fellas, you ought, to, you ought to be teaching your family that. To reverence not only God, but to reverence the men of God. And can I say, just because you're not a, 
full-time Christian worker or something does not mean you're not a man of God. Fellas, others, those folks you work with, people in your family, they ought to know you as a man of God. They ought to know that, man, when it's, you know, the family reunion or the Thanksgiving or Christmas, they know we might as well wait because he's going to want to pray. Amen? They ought to know you like that. I. We were just with some family not too long ago, and man, one of them just dug in, and then then one of the other ones said, "Well, we need to stop and go ahead and pray." I thought, "Thank the Lord that they know," and that that's just a simple thing, fellas. We we need to man. In, in James, it says this: the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. There ought to be some, some fire in your, in your praying. That, that's what fervent means, to be heated, to be passionate. God responds to that. By the way, you're passionate about your relationship with your wife, amen? Why not be passionate about your relationship with God? Amen. Strong in prayer, can I say this? Strong by example. Strong by example. Turn, if you would, real quick, Philippians chapter 3. Look, look down to verse 17. An amazing statement made here. Philippians chapter 3 and verse 17. Paul writes this. He says, Brethren... Be followers together of me, and mark them which walk so as ye have us for an example. He, he said, look, we're an example. Follow us. Follow me. Sir, let me ask you. Can you tell others, follow me? By the way, Paul was just a man. It's not the only time in the scriptures that he told them, follow me. And fellas, it ought to be that you and I are the men of God that we can look to others and say, hey, you'll be all right if you follow me. That sure is quiet right there. Y'all make me think I treed something and I'll get like a coon dog and just stay right there barking for a while. Huh? See, folks, it ought to be that we are an example to others and that we can say, hey, where are you headed? Aren't you headed for a godly lifestyle and headed for heaven? Amen or not? And so, man, by example, shouldn't you be able to say, hey, follow me. You do all right if you follow me. Fellas, there's nothing wrong with that as long as you're living the right kind of life, setting the right example. We have scripture on it. We're not telling them, hey, I can save you, follow me. No, that's not what we mean. But we do mean, hey, my life is an example of the scriptures. You can follow me. 
Man, your life ought to be that kind of life. Others at work ought to be able to look and say, man, that's somebody you can follow. Down to house, the family ought to look and say, that's a dad we can follow. Other folks in your family ought to look and say, man, that's a guy that we want to model our family after his family. Just by being an example. By the way, Paul wasn't perfect. Can, have y'all figured this out? God does not expect perfection from us. We'd be in a lot of trouble, amen? I, I don't know about you, but I thank God daily for that uh, doctrine of forgiveness. He's not looking for perfection, but he is looking for us to be an example, amen? Let me close with this. Take your Bible, 1 Samuel chapter 4. Same words are used back here by the Philistines. About quit you like men. 1 Samuel chapter 4. If you would look down to verse 9 there. Listen to what he says. Be strong and quit yourselves like men, O ye Philistines that ye be not servants unto the Hebrews as they have been to you. Quit yourselves like men. What's those last two words? Do what? How about that? And fight. See, I believe we're in a time, fellas, where we're going to have to make some decisions about fighting for what's right. Back in Luke chapter 22 and verse 36, listen to what it says. Then said he unto them, talking about Jesus, but now he that hath a purse, fellas, don't carry a purse. He that hath a purse, let him take it, and likewise his script. He that hath no sword, let him sell his garment and buy one. Can I be honest? I'm not sure that I can explain everything that verse means, but I'd say this. Fellas, you better get ready to fight. If you don't have a sword, you better get you one. I'm telling you, there's coming some times in our nation when we're going to have to stand against some of the things of this government. You may not like that kind of preaching, but I'm telling you, it's coming. Y'all understand that several administrations ago, specifically under President Obama, he made the statement that Christian fundamentalists are akin to Islamic terrorists. You know, I've never known a Baptist to strap a bomb to their self, run in trying to kill somebody. In fact, it's just the opposite. We're trying to save people. But for the head of our government to make the statement that to equate us with terrorists, you and I both know the government is against us as a people of God. They are intimidated by us. And, and there's going to be some times, I, I'm not trying to preach rebellion and all that. 
but I'm, I am preaching this. There's going to come a time to stand and fight. By the way, if there wasn't Christian men that stood and fight, we wouldn't have the nation that we have today. They finally had to take a stand and say, you know what, enough. You've pushed us now and we're not going any farther. They were righteous in their cause. And if we're going to take a stand like that, we need to make sure we're righteous in our cause. But I believe that time's coming. You ought to be ready to fight. No doubt we're going to have to fight Satan. He's already seeking to devour your family, sir. He's seeking to destroy your home. And I'd say our government's just not far behind him. They think they own your kids. They have made it very clear that you and I do not have the ability to raise a family. In fact, you mentioned it this morning. Hillary said that uh, it takes a village. It does not. It takes a husband and wife and a God. But we need men. Manly men. Strong men. Men of purity and integrity and morals and biblical values. Men that are willing to fight for their families. Men that are willing to fight for their churches. Men that are willing to fight for their nation. See, this is the crowd right here. I already said it before. This is the crowd that cares about this nation. And our hope lies in men like you. Let me ask you again. Where are the manly men? Let's stand to our feet. Heads bowed, eyes closed. Let me ask you tonight first. Man, are you saved? I'd ask you earlier. Sir, do you have that thing nailed down? You know for sure that you're saved. You're not just religious. You're not just, I mean, playing some game. You know you're saved. You know there's a time when you realize you're as guilty before God and you deserve to go to hell. You called on the Savior by faith. If that's your testimony, would you just slip your hand up? Preacher, I'm saved, no doubt about it. Hands all over the auditorium. Amen. Is there anybody tonight that say, Preacher, I'm not sure about that. You'd let me pray for you. Anybody like that, you'd just slip your hand up. Preacher, I'm not sure I'm saved, but I'd like to be. Preacher, I don't want to go to hell. Would you pray for me? Is there anybody like that? You'd just slip your hand up, good and high. I want to be able to pray for you. Anybody like that this evening? Preacher, I'm not sure. Please pray for me. All right. Others already down here at the altar. God's spoken to hearts. He speak to your heart tonight.
If he did, wouldn't you come and respond to him? We'll sing a song in just a minute. I'm going to pray, and we'll have a song. If you need to come, the altar's open, whatever you need to do. What number are we going to sing, brother? Please take the message. God, use it tonight. We need manly men, men of God that will stand for righteousness. God, I pray you'd use the message in Christ's name. Amen. As we sing.